Are you a complainer? Today I want to take a look at some stories in Exodus 15, 16, and 17, what you might call the complainers chapters. Heavenly Father, help us to have your spirit when tempted to be negative, to be harsh, to, to grumble, to um, instead trust in you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. You've probably heard the old story of the man who decided to become a monk and he joined a monastery. And in that monastery, you had to take a, a vow of silence where you were allowed to speak two words every 10 years, but you had to be silent for 10 years. So after 10 years, he went to his supervisor and his supervisor asked him, well, do you have anything to say? Two words. And the man said, food bad. 10 more years pass. Doesn't say a word. Goes again to his supervisor 10 years later. And the supervisor says, do you have anything to say? And he says, bed hard. 10 more years pass. Again, he's called before his supervisor. The supervisor asks, do you have anything to say? The man says, I quit. His supervisor responds, well, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Ever since you've come here, all you've done is complain. <laughs> That's just funny. Um, even, even, it makes me laugh, even though I've heard it a million times. You know, nobody wants, to, I don't know anybody that wants to be a complainer. I, I, I don't, you know, you kind of make that on your, your um, New Year's resolutions. I think I want to complain more this year. I don't think that most of us see ourselves as complainers. I think if you were to ask most people, are you a complainer? Say, oh, no, I'm not a complainer. And I say, I'm discerning. <laughs> you know? I, uh, I can see things clearly that other people don't see or whatever. But complaining must be a problem because the Bible says in Philippians chapter four, verse four, 2, verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Now, until we do everything without grumbling or arguing, as the Bible says, do everything without grumbling or arguing, we all have a problem with grumbling and arguing, with complaining and whining. I know we, have, we all have a way to grow. I was thinking about that devotionally recently as I, my devotions took me to Exodus 15, 16, and 17. And as I read these chapters, I thought, these are the whining chapters, in these, in these three chapters alone, it seems like all the people of Israel can do is whine. Now, you'd think they might be happy. You'd think they might be grateful. After all, for 400 years, they were in slavery in Egypt, and God has just miraculously freed them. They are free when their ancestors for four centuries were slaves. God has miraculously uh, provided for them to cross over on the, 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 uh, where the Red Sea was on dry ground. When, earlier in Egypt, God miraculously protected them from the death angel. So that while the firstborn in every household was dying, I mean, not just the people, but the dogs and the, and the, and the, and the cattle, because of the blood of the lamb, 
The death angel passed over the people of Israel and they were spared. Now they're in the wilderness free and God is personally leading them. He's been leading them with a cloud of fire during the day and a cloud a cloud of fire at night and a, and a, and a, and a, and a pillar of a cloud um, in the day. You'd think they'd be thankful. You think there would be a chorus of, you know, God is so good to us. But instead, you get to Exodus 15, 16, and 17, and all you hear is the harmony of whiners. In fact, the whining is so ugly that we get warned because of their example. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10 in the New Testament Bible, God points to them and says, don't grumble as they did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, I don't think that any of us is real hip on capital punishment. I mean, but we can accept that most of us can accept that in cases of murder, you know, there's there are people that deserve the death penalty. But I'm not sure I would prescribe the death penalty for whining and complaining. It tells us just how offensive whining and grumbling is to God. Because these people whined and complained in the desert, God sent an angel to purge them, to purge their negative attitudes and words with capital punishment. Now, let's see exactly what we're talking about. In Exodus chapter 15, verses 23 and 24, it says, When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it's named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And then he cried out to the Lord. Moses did. Chapter 16, verse 2. The whole congregation... This is when they're in the wilderness of sin. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hands in the land of Egypt. How's that grateful? Oh, we wish we had just died as slaves. When we sat by, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you've brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. You know, first they're whining about the, the, the water doesn't taste good. Now they're whining about the food not being good enough. Do you think they're looking back on the past with glamorous eyes? You bet they are. Oh, we were, we were eating so well in Egypt. No, they weren't. But somehow the past looks better now, and so it gives them... Motivation to whine. Chapter 17, verse 2. The, they continued their journey through the wilderness of sin. There was no water. This is verse 1. There was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water that we may, that we may drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? Drink this in for a moment. Life isn't perfect for them, but it's really good. So much better than it was. But what do they do? They complain 
to each other. What do you do when life is less than what you expect it to be? These people find themselves in a, the middle of a pity party. And since misery loves company, what do they do? They find other people to grumble with. They get upset with the way things are going. So they bellyache at Moses. They whine and complain and God is disgusted. Have you ever noticed, by the way, that often the people that complain the most are the people that have it the best? You know, I remember when I was in Ecuador and how joyful those people were. There was a little boy that we gave an orange to and he was so thrilled by that one little orange. On the other hand, you go to some, you know, expensive restaurant and if somebody doesn't get the steak just right you know if the if 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 if, if the vegetables aren't warm enough there's going to be complaints if you were in the shoes of the people of Israel what would you do what do you do when things aren't going well at work when your parents hurt you when others have hurt your feelings, when others, when you feel like others have advantages that you don't have, when financial pressures seem to never end, well, it seems like there, there are so many people that don't have any financial pressures, but I do. When your coworkers are inconsiderate, when your boss frustrates and expects too much of you, when you realize you're not as smart or as talented or as wealthy as a lot of your friends, when you look at your friends' families and you think, man, my family doesn't have what they do. I, I wish my family was more like theirs. When your dreams of marriage or family seem like they'll never be experienced. And the list goes on. What do you do when life doesn't meet your expectations. How do you respond? Here's what hit me as I was reading Exodus this morning. The people complain to each other. They grumble at Moses. Do you know what happens next? We read it there at least once. Moses takes their complaints to God. He prays to God, God, would you provide Water. How are we going to have water that's not bitter? God, would you provide food? And God provides food for them miraculously. They're out of water again. Moses, God's going to take Moses over to the place. He says, strike the rock with your rod and, 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 and fresh water is going to come gushing out. They pray and God answers that prayer. It got me to thinking, wouldn't it have been much wiser for them to cut out the middleman? Rather than whining and complaining to each other, or grumbling at Moses? Wouldn't it have been wiser for them just to go to God in faith, in prayer, directly and say, God, um, this water is bitter. God, we're hungry for food. Would you provide for us food? God, we're out of water again. God, where are we going to get water? We need you to be the one who provides us with water. Rather than complaining to each other, and kind of comforting each other because you complain to each other. You know, building a coalition of complainers. Or grumbling at leadership. Wouldn't it have been so much better 
if they had just prayed prayers of faith to God. You know how God would have responded if the people of Israel would have gotten together and said, let's go to God in prayer for these things. Rather than being disgusted by their complaining, he would have been honored by their faith. And you'd know that he would have been delighted to provide. How much better if rather than complaining, you and I would say, God, you've taken care of us in the past. You work wonders. You have worked wonders in the past. You have been, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations, as Moses would write in Psalm 90. You have never abandoned us. God, would you provide for us what we need right now and help us to be content with what you give us, knowing that what you give us is enough because you are our shepherd. We shall not want. Unfortunately, they didn't. Unfortunately, they complained to each other in frustration. How about us? Do everything without grumbling and arguing. Maybe the first step is just to be aware. How much am I grumbling? How much am I complaining? First Peter 5, verse 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. God cares about you. The next time you're tempted to complain to somebody else, what if you stop and, and say, God cares about me. Make your request to God. See, the insight here is it requires humility. Humble yourself before the Lord. Why do grumbling and complaining people pique God's wrath? Because it's evidence of pride. Of looking to themselves, acting on their own emotions, rather than humbly coming to him. It takes a little humility to say, God, I place myself under your mighty hand. Hear my prayer. And however you answer, I will say yes and amen and thank you. And I will be content with what you give me. Heavenly Father, in a world that is um, broken, it's easy for us to complain. In a world where we can be fearful and anxious, when there's lots of reason to be fearful and anxious, help us to turn every wine into a quick prayer of faith to you. Transform our personalities to honor you and to be like Jesus. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. And I appreciate your encouragement, by the way. Every once in a while, I'll get a note from somebody saying, hey, thanks, I was listening to this. And that was really, thank that was really helpful or whatever. It's, so I, I do appreciate that, by the way. Have a good day.